So here we go. Everybody say expansion is coming. And then look at your neighbor and say, are you ready? Are you ready? Expansion is coming. This is born out of a conversation with my missionary friend, uh, David Hatley, who gave me a prophetic word that he had gotten, and I formulated it to the best of my ability uh, to uh, um, uh, what I sensed God was saying. I just, re- I just reached out and claimed it for myself, uh, and it basically says this, there is coming a season of supernatural expansion. What used to take years to accomplish may only take months. My dividends from years of sowing, serving, and supporting God's kingdom are about to mature, says the Lord. Expansion is coming. Prepare your house for the increase. Ready your heart for the harvest. Expansion is coming, says the Lord. Somebody say amen. Now, I want to encourage you, if you just so desire, to take that for yourself and for your family. In fact, I see Julie Bridges back here. She texts me a picture. She's got an expansion project going in her business. And she, before she ever heard last Sunday's message, on one of the two-by-fours, she wrote this whole passage of Scripture down, uh, Isaiah 54, about expansion. And here it is. It says, Sing, O barren one, Ephesians, uh, pardon me, uh, Isaiah 54, verse 1. Sing, O barren one. You who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married, says the Lord. And here it is, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out their curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. And everybody said, Amen. You know, we, we're living in the midst of that prophetic, uh, word because I want to, I want to tell you today, we're living in a time when the God's kingdom is expanding all over the world. Listen, there's nothing wrong with God's church. And he said, now wait a minute, I know a lot of churches that got problems. I'm talking about God's plan and purpose. His church around the world is taking the, the gates of hell by storm. Somebody say amen. Hey, don't, don't, don't believe what you read in the papers. Don't believe what you hear on TV. God's moving all over the world today. And his kingdom is expanding all over the world. And he wants to use you to keep it going. Amen. And so I really believe that. And I see that as I travel the world and as I listen to God's people, right? And I had the glorious opportunity of hanging out with about 300 pastors and church leaders from all over the, really the nation. And we, they, they, they invaded our world with revelation from God and and we were just I was have you ever been and heard somebody say something that we call it, it just blew me away it just overwhelmed me I just heard so many marvelous things that just challenged me and encouraged me and and man I came away with great faith and I pray today that you would experience a little of that today that you would say hey God wants to use me mightily in the expanding of his kingdom around the world and it begins right here when you look at the first century church we talked about we looked in Acts today in our our, uh, uh, fast track series. And uh, when you look in the book of Acts, you realize that God had a big overarching plan for their life and for the church. And you realize something that that, uh, they moved into a moment of of, uh, supernatural, exponential expansion. They went from a few war-torn, wearied, uh, you know, fearful disciples to 3,000 plus 
spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-filled, uh, you know, uh, kick the devil in the teeth kind of Christian who took their world by storm for the glory of God. I think it's time we build that kind of Christian here in America. Amen? Yeah, we got five of you here today. Amen. What time's the Cowboys kick off? Does that matter to y'all? I know nobody cares about the Texans still. Any Texan, any diehard Texans fans here? Bless your heart. I, I know you're grieving today. It's tough. Uh, I understand. And so today, we want to continue in that vein. We've talked about this for three, two weeks now. We're going to give it another couple of uh, Sunday mornings. And we talked about this reality that expansion always requires something from us. It requires preparation on our part. And uh, when you look at Isaiah 54, uh, he's, God says, I'm going to do this. You better get ready. How many of you know when God speaks something, if we're not ready, we better be ready because He has a plan. And if we're not prepared, we can miss what God has for our life. Listen, we've missed more than we've ever done by sitting around twiddling our thumbs singing ho-hum the tune is dumb, the words don't mean a thing. I think we need to click into a new anointing in our life of being sensitive to what God wants to do in and through our lives. Amen? Hey, when He created you, when He created little Gideon, He didn't say, oh, from the dust of the earth or from, from my, uh, this, uh, my daughter's uh, womb and from my son-in-law's seed, I'm going to create my own creation and he's going to be the most mediocre kid on planet earth. That's just God. That's not God. And he, that's not his plan with you. He's got something great for all of us. And so we've got to get ready, and we've talked about the fact that if expansion and increase are coming, there's some things that need to increase and expand in our life. And the first one was this, there needs to be an increase of flexibility. He said, stretch out the curtains. How many of you know God wants to stretch us? And if we become rigid and inflexible, He can't use us. Look at your neighbor and say, if you're rigid and inflexible, He can't use you. You gotta be flexible. Everybody say we gotta be flexible. Number two, last week we talked about an increase of capability. And, and he said enlarge the, uh, the place of your tent. You gotta enlarge some things in your life. We looked at that last week and how God wants to do greater things through our life. Did you know you can do more than you ever dreamed? In fact, most of the, most of us are limited by our own limited mindset. And we say, I can't do this, I can't do that. I won't do this, I won't do that. But hey, God created us. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And then today, in just a minute, we're going to talk about an increase of visibility or vision. And then next week, the Lord uh, tarries and we, we're all back here with our friends and family. An increase of stability in our life. He talks about uh, about uh, establishing stability in our life. Strengthen your stakes and lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Listen, to go to another level, there's some things in your life that you can't handle right now. That you've got to strengthen in your life to be able to handle more of what God has for you. You're not ready for tomorrow, or you'd be there. Are you with me? Say amen. So we'll talk about that next week. But uh, let's jump in for the next few moments today. I'll try to, to I won't try to, I won't hurry, but I, I'm, I hopefully not tell too many 
rabbit-chasing story. So here we go. I'll try to get you out at a decent hour. Increasing our kingdom expanded visibility. Understand something here in Isaiah 54. God is painting a multicolored prophetic picture of his kingdom expansion. And an all-important element of it becoming an experiential reality in our life is found in our capacity to see what God is saying. I love it when Josh and Laura and, and when Gideon was born and my grandkids were born, you know, uh, he was, they're all born in adversity. I've never, you know, none of my daughters nor my wife gave birth to their children with, oh, oh the, bless the Lord. They were all born in great adversity and pain, but it all washes away when they see him or see her. It's just amazing how they go from well, we won't describe what, ooh, it's scary. I don't want to go there. Laura, y'all going to have any more? Oh, she said yes. We may go there again. You never know. Hey, but it all washes away, and that's, isn't this right? When you hold them in your hand, and you see them, and you meet them. And you say, whoa, that's what I've been dreaming for. That's what I've been hoping for. And so the vision becomes a reality. Uh, and so the cool thing is, uh, if you can see them before you see them. You begin, to, you begin to dream about God's plan for their life. And that's the way it is with us. And when you see this expansion here in Isaiah 54, we've got to be able to see it. We've got to see that God wants to use us mightily. We've got to realize that we've got to have a vision for our life. And man, I, hang, I hung around preachers today that had more vision for their life. I, I wanted some of theirs for mine. I'm just, they were just so chock full of visions and dreams it stirred my heart and of course proverbs 29 uh, says this verse 18 where there is no vision what happens the people perish you see if you don't have a vision for your life and for the purpose of god and for the expansion that he has not only in you but through you uh, you're just going to miss god and you're going to perish the purposes of god will perish with your lack of vision and God this morning wants to bring some clarity to our lives and give some vision for us. I want to give you a couple of building blocks today of increasing your visibility. Uh, it's this right here. Number one, you've got to believe. Somebody say you just got to believe. Man, one of the biggest issues in, in our culture today is a lack of faith. People just don't believe that God has something dynamic for them. They don't believe. And if you've been barren, it's hard to believe. And, and that's what he said, single barren one, you who have not born. What's he saying? You've got to start believing something about yourself that goes beyond the circumstances of your moment. Amen. Whew. That was good for me. If it wasn't for you, it was good for me. I think of Abraham and Sarah. And what was the condition of Sarah's womb? She was barren. And God comes along and speaks to them a promise. And we're going to look at it in a few moments. But their big issue was, was are they going to believe this word that God gave them of that their seed would be as the sands of the seashore? Are they going to believe that God was going to use them and that, that her womb would come alive and that children would be born? Are they going to doubt? And I think that's the, 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 the moment that all of us find ourselves in when they, when you hear a message like this. Am I going to believe what he's saying? Or am I going to doubt him? Or am I going to doubt the word of the Lord over my life? Listen. You gotta build your life on a faith 
that God has a plan for you, that He has a purpose for you. In fact, if you go to Romans 4, I told you to go there. If you go to Romans chapter 4, you'll see that they, even though they struggled with doubt, they moved to a place, and we'll look at it in a few moments, where God blessed them because of their faith. Look in verse, oh, let's jump in verse 18. Speaking of Abraham and Sarah, who, contrary to hope, in hope believe. So that he, speaking of Abraham, became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Do you see what happened? He had to have hope and faith in order for what was spoken over him to become a reality in his life. I don't care who's prophesied over you. I don't care what people have said over you. If you don't begin to reach out and take a hold of the word of the Lord and believe what God's saying, it will die on the vine. We've got to believe. Everybody say, you've got to believe. Touch three people and say, we've got to believe. We have to have faith. It says of Abraham in verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. Come on now. I said he was about 100 years old. And he goes on to say, and, he, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Listen today, I'm here to strengthen your faith in your future. Strengthen your faith in God's plan over your life. Strengthen your faith in his kingdom expanding mindset over you. Hey, I don't care how barren it may be in your life. God wants to move you to a place of of productivity and prosperity, not just financially. He wants to use you to make a big difference in the world. Amen. Hey, you gotta believe. Amen. And Abraham didn't consider those circumstances. He strengthened in faith. And verse 21, and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to perform, therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. And everybody said amen. You see, unbelief will blind you to the blessings and the purposes of God over your life. Ask the children of Israel. They spent 40 years in the wilderness because of their unbelief. And you know where they died? In the wilderness. The old doubters had to die out before the newbies could come on in. I pray today that you don't die out in the wilderness because of unbelief. It'll paralyze you. It'll keep you uh, out of the promises of God. And it says about Abraham and Sarah that they Abraham believed God. And did you know from the time God spoke to Abraham until Isaac was born, I think it was about 24 years? Did you know sometimes there's a span of time between your amen and there it is? Come on now. God speaks something to you and you think God's like McDonald's. Instant French fries and it just pops out the window like Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is the most amazing fast food restaurant on planet Earth. The line can be around the corner and down the street. And and in three minutes, you got your Chick-fil-A sandwich hot and ready. I'm going, how do we do that? We think God's like that, that he speaks it and there it is. Listen, in his mind it may be, but for us, God doesn't have timetables like we have. And for Abraham and Sarah, from the time they heard the word till there it is, was 24 plus years. But they believed, everybody say believe. Now the next building block, once you begin to believe, you can then begin to conceive. The thing began to be be conceived in your heart and you began to think, maybe so. 
Maybe it's possible. In a moment, we're going to walk through some of, and in, in, when we get to uh, uh, Genesis, we're going to look at Abraham and, and, and Sarah and how they kind of walk through the process of from amen to there it is. But hey, listen, you got to believe before it can ever be conceived. John eleven forty is a reference to Lazarus being dead. Remember the story, Lazarus is dead. He's in the tomb and Jesus comes and he says, hey, you know, I just uh, everything's going to be all right. And they said, no, he's been dead four days by now. He... Hey, thank us. Now, that's King James' word for, ooh, he's bad. He's right by now. And Jesus said this, catch this, to Mary and Martha. Here's the, you want to know the King James? It really does, I like the King James. If thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Everyone say, if, if I wouldest, I shouldest. If I would believe and have faith, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what my situation is, I'm barren. That's what faith is for, my friend. I've never, hey, that's what faith is for, my friend. And God's given us all the measure of faith. I'm going to begin to believe that God wants to use me greatly in the kingdom of God. That he wants me to be a part of this kingdom expanding mindset. And I want to begin to see it in my heart. I want to begin to experience Abraham and Sarah through the 24-year process and beyond. They believed it. They began to believe it. They began to conceive it. They began to see it. And one day, there it is. If thou wouldest believe, Thou shouldest see the glory of God in your life. Amen? There are some building blocks. Now, wow. The vision of God that he gives us in our life, it's a, everybody say the big picture. You got to begin to see the big picture. And this is hard. When you're sitting here in a moment of, of unproductive, maybe everything's going backwards in a hurry, you're barren, whatever the circumstances of your life are, God wants to begin to give the big picture. Now I learned something from some people uh, this weekend. The difference between good leaders and great leaders is the great leaders throughout life have the capacity not just to see a part of the picture, but they see the big picture. And I want to be a big picture leader. I want to see the big picture. I want it for my life, for our church. Uh, but all of us need to begin to get a picture of the big picture and go to Romans, uh, pardon me, uh, Genesis chapter 12. This is where I told you to go. So hopefully you're there. Genesis chapter 12. God gives Abram a big picture. And this is what he says in verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. Anybody want to claim that? Y'all weren't with me, are you? Some of you, man, I'm ready to get out of the house. Hey, he told him, get out of the house to a land that I will show you. I will make your great, you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. In verse 4 it says, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Now, uh, he got a big picture, but he didn't have all the pieces to the picture. Understand something about the big picture. Uh, Abraham got a hold of it and he began to follow through with it. But understand this about the big picture. It is... Uh, Almost always a progressive revelation in your life. If God gave you the big picture, 
all at once, you probably would not be able to handle all that he, he would want to show you and say to you, and we'd get it all mixed up, messed up anyway. Sometimes when you're t- training your children, you don't, if you give them too much information about all the things they need to do, they'll shut down on you, and the uh, first thing you got to do is say, okay, pick up that toy right there. Put it in that box. And when they're done, you say, okay, now do this, do that, do that. If you said, okay, Josiah, pick up that, 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 and put it in there, and then take that to the they they just shut down on you. Is that right? It's right. And that's the way we are with many times with God. And so the big picture is progressive. And I want to give you today, uh, in fact, look what it says in verse 1 of that that verse. He said, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that what? I will show you. Everybody say progressive revelation. You see, sometimes he just doesn't show it. Now, if we, if we had time, you, well, at Genesis 13, verse 14, I'll just throw it in there. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look at the place where you are. North, northward, westward, southward, and, and eastward. For the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width for I give it to you then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth tree of Mamre which, uh, which are in Hebron and he built an altar there to the Lord God showed it to him but he didn't show it to him until he got there he had to get up and move in faith and so this morning it's a progressive thing and I want to give you some big picture principles to help you line up with the progression of God in your life. How many of you want some big picture principles where you can begin to learn from Abraham and learn from the word of God to be able to put them into practice? It's 1145. Give me five minutes longer. Can you do that? Can you give me a little past 12? Come on, can you give me a little past 12? I'm begging for it today. I'm just begging. Here we go. Big picture principles. The first one from uh, Genesis 12. The first big picture principle to help you move into the purposes of God and see the big picture and have vision for your life is you better listen up. What did it say in verse 1? Now the Lord had said to Abraham. In other words, his ears were open to hear what God was saying to him. We've got to open our ears to hear what he's saying, not what we want, not what we dream, not what we think. What does God say about this? What does he want me to do? Tell your neighbor there's nothing wrong with God's mouth. He can speak to us today. Now, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Well, the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. And as uh, some time went by, I think it's in, oh, let's see, Genesis uh, uh, 16, Sarah begins to doubt the, the word of the Lord over her life. And she says, it ain't happening, Abe. Here's my handmaiden, Hagar. And Abraham, my wife's given me the handmaid. And how many of you know that didn't turn out too well? Listen, doubt will always give birth to an Ishmael in your life. And you will have to handle that Ishmael. And God will bless Ishmael. But how many of you know the conflict between Ishmael and Isaac is as is, is profound today as it has ever been? 
And guys, isn't this the way it is? You know what Sarah said after the conflict started? It's all your fault. Oh, really? You're the one who said, here's Hagar, but it always, I mean, it always turns out, it always turns out to be our fault somehow. I don't know. But hey, hey, listen. Everybody say, listen up. You got to be careful what you hear and begin to hear what God is saying to you and begin to listen to the voice of the Lord. And, and that's a big picture perspective. You can't be listening to all the voices in your life. Oh, there's all kinds of voices want to come and speak to you, say this is the way, go in. But God has a word for you. He has a plan for your life and he will bring clarity to you if you'll just listen to what he has to say. Oh my goodness. We heard a guy, pastor talking about having some confusion in his life about firing a staff member and he thought he was all confused. And he said, I'm confused about this. But he knew what he needed to do. And his dad called him. And he said, how are you doing? He said, I'm just confused. He said, no, you're not. You're just emotionally tied to the circumstances. You know what you need to do. There's clarity of what you need to accomplish. You're just all emotionally tangled up because you love the guy. You know the will of God. Now go do it. you got to hear what he says to you to do. It will break through the cloudiness and the conflict and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the problems of your life. Thus saith the Lord. Everybody say, listen up. Number two, big picture principle is line up. There's some things in our life that got to get lined up for the will of God. Now notice something interesting about the first verse there. It says, now the Lord had said to Abraham. Now, I don't know the time span here, but when he writes this down, he had heard this word. I used to read it over it and think God spoke to him and he said, okay, here we go. Bump, ba -dum, we're off to a land. But it infers here that some things had to get lined up. And it goes on to say, he got all his family and all his brothers and sisters and friends and possessions that he had acquired. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. It took him a while to get things in order. Now, listen carefully about your life. Potentially, there are some things that are out of line in your life. They are not properly aligned. That until they get properly aligned, you are stuck at your father's house. Are you hearing me today? Until you get lined up. Everybody say you got to get lined up. Man, listen, we got to get them lined up. Any school teachers, any elementary school teachers in the house today? Any, any elementary school teachers? Oh, you know the art of lining up. Man, you just don't let kids just go, oh, yeah. no, we're not going anywhere. Until everybody lines up in a single file, right? Am I right? There's no mayhem. We don't let mayhem happen. You can't have mayhem going on and get to the will of God for your life. You can't have confusion going on and get to the will of God. There's some things in our life that needs to line up. And Abraham had to get some things in line. And so do we. I don't know what they are in your life. But we've got to get them lined up. My iPhone 5. It has an amazing capacity. To take a panoramic picture. Anybody here had the joy of taking a panoramic picture? You start over here. But you got to keep it lined up. There's a little line. And when you get all the way over here. I'm not really taking a picture by the way. Just Then you stop. 
But if it's not lined up, if it doesn't stay lined up, the vision and the picture is skewed. My first one I tried, uh, Joel Carpenter and Nathan and a son. Joel Carpenter's face looked all swirled up. Because I didn't keep it lined up. The vision, the picture was skewed. And if, and if we're out of alignment with God's will and plan for our life, we'll never get a clear vision of what he wants to accomplish through our lives. Everybody say, listen up. Everybody say, line up. Number three, quickly, uh, there's some things you got to, a big picture principle, some things you got to lay down. Some things are in the way. Some things will keep you from moving forward. And the first word that God spoke to Abraham, get out of your country, far from your family, or from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now, I don't know why that had to be, but I just know this, that if I'm going to get where God wants me to, sometimes there's some things I've got to lay down. And how many of you know life was good for Abraham? It talks about it. he was rich and wealthy. He had it going on. And listen, uh, he laid down the security of his security in order to move into the destiny that God had for him. He laid down the security of sameness. Some of you love for nothing to change. How many of you don't like change? Come on, be honest. Raise your hand. How many of you like to get it just the way you want it? Don't you dare touch it. Well, you better talk to God. Because the God who never changes is always busy changing things. About the time you get comfortable, he goes, oh, study the eagle for a, cha- for, a, for, a, for a little while. Study the little baby eaglet. And, you know, he gets all comfy. He gets hatched out. Oh, it's so comfy. There's feathers all here. And you know what the mama eagle does? She starts taking out the feathers and stuff that have been so comfortable. and makes it uncomfortable for the little eaglet. Goes, ooh, yeah. ooh, ooh, ooh. And she makes it more and more uncomfortable for him because she knows he's got to learn to fly. He'll never be what God wants him to be until he learns to fly. And she keeps making it more uncomfortable. And if the little eagle gets uh, 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 persistent and says, I'm not leaving, mother in all her love, because she loves her children so much, she kicks him right out of the nest. You're not staying here. You've got to learn to fly. And so we can't, hey, if we get, if we love it just the way we want it, listen, uh, you'll never arrive into God's day. You'll never get the big picture. Some things you gotta lay down. Number three, number four, here we go. If you're gonna get the big picture and move into the destiny of God for your life, not only should you lay down some things, but you gotta live up. Everybody say live up. The way we live, and just quickly, Genesis 13, Genesis 17, talk about living the life that God has for us. Genesis 13, and they left, they went out Lot. How many of you know Lot, he pitched his tent close to Sodom. And it got him in trouble. Because he just couldn't get his eyes off of Sodom. In fact, he said, he told Abraham, whatever way you want to go, you pick. You want to go this way, I'll go the other way. He sounded like he, he was so sweet. Because our, our sheep, we too many sheep. You take your, whichever way, he said, Abram, whichever way you want to go, I'll go the other way. And then it says, and Lot chose that way. I thought it was a choice. No, he knew where he was headed. And he headed that way. And he pitched his tent close to Sodom and, and Abraham. And it's a representation of, of a life well lived. You can't, you can't be living in Sodom and dilly-dallying in Sodom. 
and arrive in that you've got to live up to God's expectation. Now, years later in Genesis 17, in fact, he's 99 years old. It's, he's, he was 75 when he left, nearly 25 years later. God said, and here's progressive revelation again, 20-something years later. Then Abraham was 99 years old, and the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am a mighty God, almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make a covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. He had already promised him this. Verse 6, I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come to you. How many of you know, hey, he promised him that before, but there were some things Abraham had to live up to in order to accomplish and arrive at the destiny of God for your life. Listen, you got to live a life in line with God's big picture over your life. You can't live under your own set of rules and your own set of guidelines. You can't be peeking into Sodom all the time when God has a promised land for you. Could I get a better amen, somebody? Some of you want to hang out in Sodom and show up in church on Sunday and get God's best for your life. You will find cloudiness and, and, and problems and trouble and trauma and somebody in your family might turn into a pillar of salt. Remember Lot's wife. Big picture principle. Some things you got to lay down. Some things you got to live up to. There is, listen, there is a standard of life for visionary, kingdom-expanding people. There is a higher standard. We've dumbed down the process. I, hey, American culture has dumbed down the process. Could I give you an alarming, oh, I may, tell you, I may need more than five minutes. I may beg for five more here in a minute. Listen, did you know in, in, in the early 80s, if 100 people were members of a church on any given Sunday, 80% of them would show up. 80% of your fo folks would show up in the 80s, early 80s. Did you know today it's down to 40 to 45%? That if you have 100 people in your church on any given Sunday, only 40 to 45 of them are going to be there? Could I tell you, that's so, there's something wrong. Make any excuse you want, but there's something wrong right here and right here with the Americanized church that has been dumbed down to think that they, can, they don't have to have any sort of real commitment level to accomplish God's purpose in their life. Whew, had to get that off my chest. But it's true. So, hey, listen. I'm getting too old to mamby-pamby around the truth here. Sometimes we just need somebody who loves us enough to say, Hello! That smells like Sodom to me! It's time we live up to who God says we can be. I'm created in the image of Christ. Don't dumb down who you are. Don't listen to the voices of Sodom that says, it's okay, brother. It's all right. Everybody's doing it. It's just the way life is. God understands. When we start justifying everything we do that is counterproductive for God's purpose and plan in our lives.
Wow. Number five, I'm about done. The fifth big picture principle is you got to look up. I love Abraham and what he did. Everywhere he went, if you go back to Genesis 12, he was building an altar to God. Verse 8 and 9, he built an altar. It's a place of revelation. We talked about listening up, but listen, you'll never listen up until you start looking up and you start building a relationship with God. Listen, uh, Gerald Brooks said this, uh, proximity always precedes revelation. Meaning, you've got to be close to somebody before you can get a revelation of who they are. And if you need a revelation in your life, you've got to get close to the revelator. And his name is Jesus. And Abraham was always building altars to God. Everywhere he went. Altar, altar, altar. In fact, when he got, he got to that land that God gave him, the first thing he did, he found him a shade tree, the terebinth trees of Mamre in Hebron. And he built an altar there to the Lord. Started looking up. I'm here. I see it. The cool thing, he had already built a few altars before he ever saw it. And then as, as the journey continued in his life, there came a time of doubting. Genesis 15, they, he doubts the Lord. Abraham said in verse to God, Lord, what will, give, what will you give me, seeing I go childless in the air of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. <laughs> you know, Abraham's going, I know you said that, but I'm having an issue here. Here's what God said. Abraham, come out of your tent. Come out of your temporary circumstances. Just look up. You see those stars? Oh, man, have you ever been in a place where there's no interfering light from below? On a clear night. And I'm telling you, Abraham's day, every night, when there was no clouds, you could see every star from the horizon to horizon. Just look up. He looks up. Your descendants will be as the stars stars of the heavens. And you know what happened that day with Abraham? He finally got the big picture. It was a process. But he got the big picture. And it says Abraham believed. And as I read in Romans 4, it was accounted to him for righteousness. God wants to use us 
He wants us to be men and women who embrace the vision of God for our lives. We need clarity. We need vision. Hey, we may need to listen up, line up, lay down, live up, and look up. And let that big vision begin to formulate before your very eyes. Let's stand together today. As we close this service, I'm going to ask no one to leave. I won't be long, but I want to pray for you. It's just a few minutes past 12. I'm going to ask our prayer team to make their way across this altar area. Provide an opportunity for you in just a moment. But with all of us here today, I want to just bow us to bow before the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed today. God wants to bring clarity to our lives. Give us a vision. Increase the visibility factor in our life. There may be some things that need to line up. There may be some things we need to lay down. There may be some areas where we're not living up. There may be some ways and means in our life where we're not listening to God. Whatever the circumstances of your life, this is your moment and opportunity to break through the mindset of the natural realm and begin to believe God all over again in your life. Today, faith has been birthed in your heart by the word and the will of God. You've got to begin to believe that God is not finished with you. You've got to begin to believe that he has a great big plan, a big picture of blessing and use and ministry available for you today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pressure you. But today, if there's some areas in your life that need clarity and you've maybe need a word from God in your life or you, you know some areas you need to line up in your life, you know there's, there's some things in your life that you need to lay down. If that's you today, an all encompassing, hey, if I hit you in the heart somewhere in this message and you know these areas apply to you, lift your hand wherever you are and say, that's me, pastor. Today, I'm lining up. Today, I'm going to begin to listen up. Today, I'm going to lay some things down. I'm going to begin to do whatever I need to do to get lined up with the will of God for my life so He can begin to reveal for me me the big picture of His purpose for my life. Let's lift our hands to God. If that's you, lift your hand to the Lord today. Father, let the word of the Lord make a difference in every heart and every life today. May your plan begin to be unfold and unfold before every one of us today, but especially these who've lifted their hands. Lord, if there's some things they need to lay down. Lord, if there's some things that need to line up with the will of God in order for the will of God to be made manifest. Lord, let them line up today. Lord, let us listen up today. And Lord, we look up to you. Lord, we look to you today. And Lord, we build an altar in this house. Lord, of of revelation that knows. Lord, we've got to be close to you in order to hear your voice. Oh God, today, bring clarity to your kingdom and to your church. Bring clarity to husbands and wives. Bring revelation, Lord, to those who are confused. God, do it today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Thank you for your patience today. 
Let me just say a couple of things and we're going to be dismissed. If you're here today and you're searching for God's plan for your life as far as a church home. And you heard the voice within the voice. That means when I began to talk, when the worship began to play, something on the inside of you said, I'm home. This is where I belong. I feel good. I got what I call the divine okie dokie today. God's drawing people from the four corners of this community and beyond. There's an expansion going on. And if that's you today, I want you to respond at the close of this service by coming this way, taking one of our prayer team. by.